What is good? Uh, well, no breaking news the half an hour leading up to our show this week, so. Yeah, no kidding. It's been pretty, pretty wild week of news anyways, so. What's going on, guys? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing, Turtle? How are we doing, Matt? How are we doing, Brian? Good, good. Evening to you. Now, first things first, how's the married life? Treat? I'm loving it so far, man. I'm about getting ready to leave for uh, St. Lucia. We're going to a place called Jade Mountain, so I'm very excited. It's going to be pretty magical. But the wedding, honestly, was one of the most uh, – it was the most magical night of my life. I'm not even kidding. Yeah? It was unreal, yeah. It was, a, it was quite the party. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Obviously, saw the photos. Looked like some great weather. Looked like you had a bunch of goats at the wedding. So I'm sure everyone enjoyed. Yeah, good times, man. All right. So yeah, we have to pull up the uh, pull up the pod today because we got the uh, the co-host here heading out of the country. So happy. For but it's good too, right? Because we had the big trade today. We got Tyreek Hill. Leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if you told me, um, what are the odds that that Hill is not on the Chiefs this year? I would, I would have gave you the longest of odds. You know, it would have been a very safe bet to to bet. Okay, week one of the season, Tyreek Hill's there. I, I did not see this happening, and quite frankly, by the time the insiders, Rappaport and Schefter and whatnot, were breaking the news, the trade was all but done. I mean. Uh, shortly after it started percolating, I'd say within the hour, the trade, the trade was done. So I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, Turtle, probably none more so than you, you, you got to give us your thoughts. Um, and maybe you want to lay out the past, I don't know, 48 hours. You went out and acquired another wide receiver as part of, uh, your team building strategy. And that kind of, uh, I don't know, was a botched job at the end of the day. <laughs> uh yeah man i i really can't catch a break uh this off season so basically what the first thing i did was i acquired um i acquired renfro right i had Devonte already i acquired renfro so that way I, I had i had both raiders on my team once that trade went through i was like oh okay i gotta trade one of these guys i made another trade i end up getting waddle yeah, so now i'm stuck with both you Waddle, high draft pick. You gave up the 102, I believe, in the draft plus Renfro to get Waddle. So not, not a bad trade, right? The, the the player can choose whoever he wants at the 102. Maybe a replacement wide receiver. Waddle's only year two. Um, highly rated, obviously, but you chucked in Renfro. I, I'd say that's that's a fine trade. And then the next day, <sighs> and then the next day. And then the next day, Tyreek gets traded to the Dolphins. So I'm he wanted sitting, to crash the party. Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting there again with with my wide receiver core, both players on the same team. And at that point, I was like, "Man, do I just let it ride and see if Tua could really maintain both of these wide receivers throughout the year? Maybe they both will end up as wide receiver ones." I I thought about it again. I was like, "My team really needs a quarterback because I'm running. I'm running with Jameis Winston." 
and then Justin Fields, who everybody is hating on significantly. So that always scares me when, when you know, consensus is saying that Justin Fields is pretty much trash bag. I don't think he is. I think he's extremely athletic. And given the right circumstances, I think he will succeed. But I was sitting there and I was like, I really need to invest in a quarterback. So I got the 102 back. I got Renfro back as well. You basically unwound the trade that you did. I literally unwound the trade. And I ended up with the 102 and Renfro. So now I should have my pick of the litter, which I'm hoping will be Malik Willis in our Superflex League. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds to me like Tyreek didn't get his uh, wedding invitation in the mail. So he decided, well, I'm heading to Florida to find this kid. I, I don't even know what happened, man. I was really, really not expecting that. It caught me off guard. These past these past couple of weeks have just been nothing but a string of bad luck for me. Every time I make a move, something very strange happens where both players end up on the same team. And I'm just sitting there, you know, just twiddling my thumbs like, how do I make this right? How do I diversify my team? And how do I not get left holding the bag, which just seems like just keeps happening to me. I know. You're shuffling them around. I, I think you – the Devante trade – you had Devontae, you had Renfro, you had Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers loses best guy. Devontae is not getting passes anymore from Rodgers. Renfro, it's you know now crowded down there. You traded for Edmonds shortly after <laughs> these things are happening. Uh, it, well, they signed Mostert, I think, a few days later. And now you got Waddle and, and re, re crashed to the party. And certainly, you know, um, the world is... Uh, Zagging is pretty interesting to see what's going on. Now, larger fantasy implications. Brian, you want to take a first stab at breaking down what does this mean for the larger implications in Miami first, and then let's talk what that means for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a natural downgrade for uh, for both players. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as significant as some people are making it out to be. Uh, I, I don't think Tyreek is a top five wide receiver anymore, but, you know, I, I do think that he's probably still a wide receiver one uh, for this season and, and for the, the near future. Um, I think, you know, Waddle, uh, while I think in the dynasty community was ranked as a wide receiver one, I don't, I'm not actually sure that he was poised to deliver wide receiver one value this year in a, uh, in a redraft style format. So um, I, I actually don't know that it really moves the needle too much for me on Waddle from a dynasty perspective, maybe drops him down a couple points, um, you know, but, but I think from a, from, from what he's going to deliver, uh, you know, week in and week out this year, I think it definitely takes him from a, a locked and loaded wide receiver two to probably more like a wide receiver three. Um I think that the Mike Gesicki uh, potential breakout uh, probably isn't going to be there unless he does it on the back of some touchdown efficiency uh, once they get down into the red zone, which, you know, in theory, they should be able to do uh, quite a bit. You know, I'm really interested to see with all that speed on the field, I mean, you're going to have the two fastest wide receivers uh, ever to play together in Tyreek and Jalen Waddell. Um, you're going to have a, a ton of speed in the backfield with, um, with, uh, uh, who's the guy? Oh, Chase, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Chase, Mostert. Yeah. Thank you. Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. So I'm curious, you know, 
are these guys going to be putting down, you know, 80 to 90 plays per game? Like what, what, what type of game are they going to play? Are they going to play, you know, a slow, a, a slow, fast paced offense, a fast, fast paced offense. Like, you know, there, there could be fantasy production for everybody if they're, if they're running a lot of plays per game here with this really fast paced offense. But you know, I, I think right off the bat, that's sort of, it, it's a downgrade for everybody except for probably to a, um, who gets another elite weapon to, to you know, throw intermediate, uh, inaccurate crossing routes to. Welcome yeah. to Miami, boys. Welcome to Miami. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they went out and they spent decent money, too, on Cedric Wilson. So he's, he's, you know, he's got the money in his bank account now. But I'd say he's also a loser for whatever, you know, flex capability you thought he might bring you. Yep. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Noah, for taking him off my hands for a second, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Miami uh, later on in the show when we do the uh, the team breakdowns or the biggest need breakdowns as we zip through those from the various divisions. Um, throwing it over to the Chiefs. Now, I'll tell you, the biggest impact here is obviously going to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, the great ones, though, they find a way. Right at the same time, I t- let's not glaze over that supporting casts. They they mean a lot, you know. Um, so obviously, I think Mahomes is is elite. But how far does he drop for you, Tyler? If if he was the dynasty uh, QB one if you believe that, or QB2, if you if you prefer Allen. Where is he now without, you know, one of, if not, the most uh, prolific weapons he's ever played with? You know, if you if you say he's more prolific than, than Kelsey, he's lost one of his two big toys, what happens? Where, where, where is he now? I think Mahomes doesn't really um, drop too far down in the quarterback rankings especially for dynasty purposes, you know, they will eventually get the supporting cast around him. I mean, they already started with Juju. They still have Kelsey. Now they're bringing on some Wiley vets, mainly a couple of Baylor boys, um, Baylor Bears, I should say, Corey Coleman. And then obviously they re-signed Josh Gordon. But um, I I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is in a position where he's going to fall too much. I think maybe you could slot Josh Allen in as the clear-cut one now, and then Patty Mahomes goes to two. Like you said, these um, uber-athletically gifted quarterbacks find a way, and uh, I think he finds a way this year. I don't know if they're going to win in their division, but I think his fantasy numbers stay just at that same level of, as how they've been at for the past few years. Yeah. Is it is it thus the... And Brian, maybe you answer this. Are the the forty point explosions two or three times a year? Um, you know, probably a little bit out of reach until uh, they plug someone in. Or do you think, hey, well, no, they're going to use one of their first round picks on a on a very high rookie receiver, and it could be, I don't want to say plug and play, but you know, uh, less of a drop off than many are predicting. Yeah. So I was doing a little bit of research today on this, and. Um, I, I think one, one thing that I sort of ended up on was, uh, the, the coaching tree that Andy Reid comes from and traditionally how those, how those, how those teams have operated 
And uh, an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit that I picked up off of one of the uh, the articles that I read was Andy Reid comes from the Mike Holmgren coaching tree. Those mm-hmm. offenses were always built around the quarterback, and the wide receivers were considered the sort of quote unquote expendable resources. And so every few years, right, they would retool, rebuild, and there would be another set of wide receivers who would come in and you know, being built around the quarterback and the quarterback sort of being the guy who can make, who who can run that offense, who can make the system run. Right. So I, 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 with, with that, right. It it gave me a little bit of a warm fuzzy on, you know, Andy Reid's strategy here. You know, I I think you also have to look at, you know, Pat Mahomes is commanding a fairly uh, sizable cap hit uh, with that massive, massive contract he signed. And so, they're not going to be able to sign every single player for top top dollar, especially if Tyreek wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league, and, and he he got his cash, you know for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think they're going to retool. I think you'll see another wide receiver in that offense take over. I don't know that you're going to see the same type of offense deployed with the the high speed cheetah, you know, type plays like Tyreek put out, but I think that that offense is going to find a way. Yeah. So do do you think it's a foregone conclusion that they, they go wide receiver with the first round pick that they just got today? Unless they go trade for somebody like Brandon cooks or another veteran that's, that may be out there. I don't think OBJ would be an option for them just because he's going to be hurt for, uh, you know, not hurt, but he's probably not going to be available at the start of the season. Um, But yeah, I I think you'll, they'll probably draft somebody uh, unless they go out and sign some veteran to to plug the hole. BD has been praying so hard for Brandon cooks to get traded every single time a spot (laughs) opens up. He's like, Brandon cooks is getting traded today. Let's go. I got myself the RB two or WR two. Let's go. Oh, he's 100% getting traded. He's one of the Browns for the Packers for now the chiefs. I mean, there's destinations for sure. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of guys are going to be moving, moving teams. I I think the, the Tyreek trade displaced Devontae. Um, he's probably, you know, he 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 had that breakout year, signed a, a decent contract, and they're probably looking around and they're saying, well, you know, if we can go get a, a fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever for, for him, you saw what happened with Robert Woods, um, likely they'll move it since they just accepted a lot of money in, um, in Tyreek. So before we move on, just I, I want to spend – so the main weapon there now in, in Kansas City is going to be Travis Kelsey. Um, as far far as we know, with the information we have today, uh, Turtle, why don't, you, why don't you just give it – and then, um, Brian, you can give your thoughts too. What's going to happen to Kelsey? Has he solidified himself as the, the, the tight end one this season? Or is the additional attention that Tyree Kill used to draw going to limit his upside this year? I mean, Tyree, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey is still going to get so many targets and so many touchdowns this year. But I think it will be harder for him because Tyreek really opened the field with that down with that downfield threat and then using those slants to you know get open in space. Um, 
I don't see a huge drop-off from Travis Kelsey since he's definitely the focal point of this offense, especially since they don't really use the running back as much as other teams. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's, he's getting older. He's getting older. So we have a running joke in our league saying that Tyreek Hill lost his speed. What the heck's Kelsey going to do at 32 years old? Is he still going to be fast enough to, to get open when he's getting double-covered every single play? Is he going to be having the endurance to really withstand um, – getting hit and getting targeted by these, these D backs and linebackers. I, I don't know, but I, I still think that he's going to finish very high in the tight end rankings. I would say five would be his, his, the the minimum spot where he would finish. Yeah. And, and let's just you know, remind ourselves, Andy Reid is a very, very genius, creative play caller. Uh, he's going to, he's going to make the most of what he's got. Um, Valdez Scantling was there today. Um, I'd say maybe if, if he landed there, that's a, that'd be a career year for Valdez Scantling. Juju's there. Uh, they, they got pieces, obviously things, more things are going to come together via the draft and the rest of free agency into BD's point trade. But, uh, BD just, just wrap us up here talking about the individual players on, on your thoughts with, uh, Travis Kelsey this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you you are looking at a situation where you had a 28 year old, and I, I sort of alluded to this earlier. Turtle alluded to it too, but you have a 28 year old uh, wide receiver who relies on his speed. Eventually, that speed, even if it's half a second, it's going to give the DBs a chance to catch up with him, and that competitive advantage is going to be a, a, a little less than it was right Travis Kelsey's 32 still still doing his thing but you know at some point that's going to fade as well is he probably still going to be you know a tight end high and tight end one this year yeah he's probably still going to be a high and tight end one this year I mean he's Mahomes safety blanket at this point he's he's the only piece of that offense that he can you know trust I don't think anybody's thinking Miko Hardman's the guy at this point um, but I think you're going to start to see that offense retool a little bit and, uh, and, you know, change the way that they play the game. I mean, you even saw it last year. There were, there were games last year, uh, where the, the defenses across the league have changed the way that they play teams like the chiefs teams, like the bills and play a completely different style of defense to take away you know, essentially the deep game, right? And that's that's the way KC, that's the way the Bills sort of, you know, uh, blew teams out of the water, right? So I, I think you're going to see them play maybe a shallower game. Um, and, and I think, you know, maybe the, the addition of Juju sort of leads to that that type of change in philosophy for the Chiefs. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them draft somebody like a Chris Olave, though. Mm-hmm. Just a deep, deep speed threat. So, okay, so to recap, we think Tyreek, very similar to the Devontae Adams trade, you're getting targets now from Tua, Devontae not getting them, for, Devontae getting them from Carr and not Rodgers. So decrease in terms of quality of targets that they're getting. Uh, so probably a step back. Waddle hurt, but maybe not as much. Um, uh, we'll have to see. He might operate in that short area. And then on the Chiefs side, Mahomes losing a big target. The great ones find a way. Maybe a slight drop in the rankings. And Kelsey, the only target potential for more. 
double teams, but still going to be an elite option, at least in the short term. All right. It looks like we have a, a speaker here who wanted to join the conversation. Patty, um, you're a Chiefs fan. Did you have any comments that you wanted to add uh, before we move on to the next segment? All right, guys. Hey, good. How you doing, Patty? Good evening, guys. And one thing I just, uh, nothing worse than the guy that joined. We're, you guys are covering plenty of routes run where Tyreek, what's, what happens now? Bagging mm-hmm. a safety. I mean, what impact is that? You make a great point. What, what impact? Well, if he's going to be number, numero uno. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, so as a Chiefs fan, how, how are you feeling about trying to make a, a fifth consecutive AFC championship this coming year, 2022? Great point. A couple things. What do you what do you guys? I mean, I mean, I'll go first. I'll go yeah. first. I think it was an incredible haul. Um, I I don't think you're going to get many other team uh, any other players that are non QB position related that are going to yield that much uh, in terms of draft capital in return. When you layer on top of it that the, the team receiving that uh, player and sending those assets is going to have to dole out. Uh, a contract the size of, of which they doled out to make him the highest paid receiver. So I, I think they did very well. I think also um, the the Miami package was better than the New York Jets package. The Jets package, it sounded like, had two twos and no first rounds. So I think they did well, all things considered. Obviously, it hurts to lose someone. But as Turtle mentioned, 28 years old and potentially, you know, Speed is the crutch. is the, It's the differentiator for Tyreek. Sometimes it's better be, to be a year too early than a year too late in fantasy. Certainly, the stakes are higher if you're a real-life GM. I'm sure those things were taken into consideration. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they got a good haul for him. Like I said, I really think you're going to see this offense retool. Um, the NFL adjusts to the best teams on defense over time. Your one's competitive advantage last year is not going to be your competitive advantage this year, and you have to you have to change. And I think Kansas City last year saw the defenses across the NFL changing to adjust to their play style, and I think they're going to change their play style to adjust to the NFL now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, BD. And I also was going to say, don't the don't the Dolphins have two first round picks for next year? Also, so like they, they didn't did. really give up. They didn't really give up that much. Um, in terms of draft capital, because they still have those two first rounders, um, so I think both I think both teams win because Tyreek needed to he needed to go. Um, clearly, it's it's hard to see him leave, but he's gone, so he's gonna he's gonna take a new path, and I think he's gonna be very very efficient in what he does. And the Chiefs get to start fresh, so I mean I think it's a win win for both teams. Yeah, yeah, and and there was no way that. You know, Kelsey was going to be tight end one this year with uh, with Kyle Pitts tight end one season incoming. Oh so, my god! Tight end one overall. God. So, Patty, we so, got we got thirty seconds. We've got to move on. Any final any final thoughts there? Well, a couple a couple things there there when you asked and I didn't answer that, Matt. What 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 the KC folks look at? Some of them look and think that that draft capital eh, you got a one, but should have been a higher one. Yeah, but this this all happened so quick. It did. happened so quick. It wasn't shopped, or or at least not uh, us four guys on this call right now. So yeah, that's exactly. one piece. Not but still, for us, just let me throw out one thing in these thirty seconds. Though the draft capital that they did get 
uh, Randy Moss, when he went to New England, went for a number four round pick, and that was it. Hmm. Mm. I mean, look at that. Brandon Cooks, baby. Brandon Cooks. BD, I barely got in on that, but I'm with you. I mean, uh, a fourth round pick for Randy Moss, uh, that's genius. Okay. I mean, look what you got. And I'm going to say Cheetah Cheetah's a, a one hell of a receiver, but he's not Randy Moss. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, I'm just Great. saying. Randy Moss for a fourth-round pick. There's somebody in that organization up there in New England that's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patty, thanks for thanks for calling in. Appreciate the talk. Hope you hope to talk to you again here on the pod. Yeah, I would love to, guys. Great, great yeah. show. No, thanks, great thanks for coming. Great on, show, man. guys. Thanks for coming. Thank on. Thanks. You bet. You know, I saw um, a pretty funny meme after this whole trade went down, and uh, it was basically it said, you know, after seeing the the other teams in the AFC West make all the offensive changes that they did. Um, the the Chiefs decided to go full, and then it was like you know a, sh- a, a meme of a guy from Shark Tank saying you know I'm out, and for those reasons I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we gotta we're gonna switch gears. We'll circle back to some of the the news here at the uh, at the tail end if we have time. We did want to keep it to an hour today. We want to move into our first of two Turtles Top Three segments with all the chaos that's happening in free agency and the trades and. Um, Upcoming drafts, some teams are, are obviously going to go a certain direction in the draft just with everything that's played out so far. Uh, we certainly wanted to uh, give Turtle a chance to give us his top three dynasty risers. So with everything that's played out, who has made out the best um, as a result of this news? And uh, I think that's enough of, of a setup. Turtle, I'll swing it over to you. Give us um, your top three. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, feel free to jump in with any uh, additional thoughts on my top three. But um, starting it off, I, I think the uh, I think one of the biggest risers in free agency is Russell Gage. Tom Brady reached out to him direct. And really, that says all you need to know about the type of player Russell Gage is. Um, he really started proving his worth when Calvin Ridley suddenly quit football last year. Yeah. And then with Godwin coming off of an ACL injury, I think Gage is a perfect plug-and-play type player to be a wide receiver to for at least the beginning half of the season. We do not know if Godwin will be coming back since he hurt himself so late in the season. Um, it is possible, but I think I think Gage in that offense can do huge things. Um, he actually was the uh, 12th he was ranked 12th in points among all wide receivers in the final six weeks of the season. So that says a lot. He's got the talent to do it. Um, And you know, I'll, I'll give you his numbers real quick. So he had 66 receptions, 770 yards and four touchdowns last year. And that was with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. Um, And we all know that Matt Ryan. Sure. He can double. I'm sure he could double those numbers um, with Tom Brady throwing him the ball consistently game in and game out. Yeah, and, and honestly, we were talking a little bit about the ep- uh, before the episode about folks who are wide receiver threes with with wide receiver two upside, and how that um, the, the cast of characters that fall into that bucket are, are pretty deep. I certainly think Russell Gage is one of those characters who's who's towards the front of the line, and it might not be because of talent necessarily, 
but his situation is set up very, very nicely. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think if you want to acquire Russell Gage um, in dynasty formats, I think you're going to have to really open up the checkbook a little bit and, and dole out at least a mid a mid round pick in either this year's draft or next year's draft. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come too cheap. No, I, I think I think the current owner, um, like you said, when you combo the the Godwin question mark around, you know, is the the first month of the season going to be gauged as the wide receiver too? They're going to use that to their advantage to to extract the most value, and who can blame them? That, yeah. that's a good number one. What do you got for yeah. number two? Uh, number two is, is Michael Gallup. You know, I think that. I think that this guy's going to have all the opportunity in the world next year. He's another guy that's coming off of an ACL injury, so we don't know if he's going to be ready week one. But now that Amari Cooper has gone to the Browns, the world is Michael Gallup's oyster. Um, CeeDee Lamb can't can't take all of the passes from, from Dak. Um, so I really think that that opens up a huge opportunity for Gallup to really finish as a, a wide receiver too, a strong wide receiver too, um, in the 2022 NFL season. <clears throat> what do you guys think about that? To be easier, so I'll toss it over to him. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all about that. I I I think that you know everybody was in on Michael Gallup even during the season last year, talking about how he was going to be mm-hmm. you know the one of the top free agent wide receivers on the market, and then in that last freaking game, you know, he just turns a little bit during making that. I mean, it was an amazing catch even that he was he was making when he went down and, you know, ACL boom done. And, uh, you know, I, I really had high hopes of him ending up in the Mike Williams role on the, the, the Chargers when, uh, you know, when, when that happened. And, and I was sort of bummed. But uh, after the Amari trade, you know, having Gallup there, I, I think that he's in a great position. You know, my only concern as an owner is, you know, and, and this will come up a little bit later, but I, I think that. Dallas is going to draft a wide receiver, so, but yeah, I don't disagree with you. But let's let's ask you this question: What do you think it would take for one of us guys to acquire Michael Gallup from you? Are we having to give out a first round pick for this year or next year, or can he be had for something a little bit less than that? A player, maybe a second or a third. What do, What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you know, uh, without showing my hand too much, I think Gallup is a better. Uh, piece of a trade than being the primary asset of a trade. I, I think it's really hard to value him as a first or second round pick. Yep. Um, but I think if you're talking about, uh, you know, this player for a first in Gallup or, you know, th- those types of trades, I think make a lot more sense uh, in my mind for, for a player like Gallup right now. Yeah, I agree. And we'll just give his stats. He had a season cut short. I think he only played nine games. He, he, he only finished the year with 35 receptions, 445 yards and two touchdowns. Um, it's not great, but injury, you know, so I think there's a lot of room for improvement on that once he is healthy and done rehabbing that torn ACL. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, ACLs um, are not what they uh, once were. And we've said that multiple times here on the show. And, and that, you know, it's not just us flapping our gums. The Dallas front office showed you that. The Buccaneers front office showed you that with what they gave. They, you know, you jettison off Cooper and you double down on CeeDee Lamb and an injured Michael Gallup. And uh, you give $20 million a year to Chris Godwin if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
it shows you that these front offices are less and less concerned with the recovery. Not only are the recovery times shorter, but the the peak performance is is much sooner now than when you get back from the injury and start playing than previously, where it was like, oh, you bro- you, you uh, tore your ACL, forget about next year. We're looking two years out before you're productive. So that's one that's one thing I wanted to mention just to, to dovetail what Tyler was saying. BD, I'm going to tell you exactly why Michael Gallup's ACL injury benefited you if you plan to hold on to him. In real life, if Gallup finished the season healthy, he just swap out him and Christian Kirk. He would have been Christian Kirk. He would be in Jacksonville as opposed to being in Dallas. Um, You're probably right that is exactly a healthy Michael Gallup is the best guy on the market. Kirk is the number two. Kirk may be going to Detroit or something like that. Gallup would be in Jacksonville. So you weigh that against, you know, uh, catching passes from Dak or T-Law or uh, how um, Doug Peterson approaches versus um, the way that McCarthy does. So you weigh the situation uh, however you want in your head, but I'm telling you that's what would have been. He would have been the number one commodity in the market and the number one commodity landed in Jacksonville. Agreed. So, number three. Yeah, number three, I was really torn. I I don't want to sound generic. I was really in between Leonard Fournette signing because I think he becomes an instant top ten back again. But the real answer to the question for my uh, – for my third riser is going to be James Conner. Um, it's really hard to see him repeat those numbers from last year because we all know that he had extremely inflated touchdown um, numbers, but he is behind Kyler Murray who does run an electric offense. So I think that his role in the, uh, in the offense is going to stay the same. And we had Chase Edmonds leaving, so their only other viable option at running back is Eno Benjamin, and I don't really know if he's going to be on the field too often. So I really think that James Conner benefits mightily um, with re-signing in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. The backfield cleared up. They said, hey, you know what, we're going to give it to you, and – Quite frankly, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of the passing game work. Uh, I don't see Benjamin replacing Edmonds. I see no. him a little bit, but I think um, you're going to have a very high snap share for James Conner. Yeah, he he finished as RB5 last year, so I'm not expecting him to finish as RB5 again this year, but I think he could possibly be top 10 this year, which is still great for a 26-year-old running back. Um, now, a pass catcher gets drafted into that situation – uh, out of the backfield, that is, in this upcoming draft, I think we'll have to reassess that situation. Some of the top pass catchers in this draft, like what Rashad White, those, those types of, of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Kyron, yep. Kyron, yeah. Maybe, you know, he's like, okay, you don't need it. You had a really bad pro day. You're not going to be going between the tackles with that sort of speed. Well, you know, catch stuff in the flat. That could be um, a sneaky little draft pick, you know, in the in the upcoming draft if, if a, a pure – more pass catcher replaces the the Edmonds role because we saw that Edmonds gave that value. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, and AC Ducey was uh, was a little uh, little burned by my uh, Waddle wide receiver three comments. So I'll, I'll give him one back here and I'll say Rondell Moore 
uh, can very easily fill that role for the Cardinals this year um, and and might end up being a sneaky, sneaky upside player, um, you know, going into 2022, 2023. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, and you know what the craziest part about this whole situation is, is that owner the owner of James Conner in our league is very hard to work with because I'm not sure he he values draft picks like we do. Um, so I'm not even sure what we would need to dole out in order to obtain James Conner. If that was somebody that you wanted as your RB two or even RB three, if you have a deep, uh, running back room. Um, so it's hard to even put a value on that in our league, at least I think, I think in, in other people's leagues, I think that, I think that a late first, um, or an early second and a, and a good player gets the, gets the job done for Conner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good top three. Um, Brian, did you have anyone that you wanted to mention in terms of a dynasty riser as a result of the past few weeks of action? Yeah, I, I won't. I, I don't think we need to dive into these guys. I think they're pretty self-explanatory. But I, I, I think the teammates in Denver, uh, Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton both saw pretty significant value spikes. Um, you know, Maybe good opportunities to sell high, although if you're into hype videos, that Cortland Sutton, uh, no knee brace, by the way, video with catching passes from Russell Wilson was pretty nice. Um, And I think, you know, Juju uh, right now has has seen a pretty significant value spike as well, uh, whether or not he maintained. If I'm the Juju owner, I'm high, high, high right now. Yeah, 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 sell, uh, sell, 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 absolutely sell. 100%. 100%. Yeah, you might you might get a little bit – you might get some guy feeling a little silly and just seeing Reek gone and, oh, uh, you you have some nice asset or some nice draft picks on your on yep. your plate on the other side of that trade. Okay. But I think I think those three guys, you know, are, are the obvious other uh, dynasty risers. Yeah, I'm going to throw awesome. one out too. It's a, it's a wide receiver. We're talking a lot of wide receivers here. Um mm-hmm. And it's going to be unpopular because it goes against some of the things that we we talk about when we kind of poo-poo all over Justin Fields. But looking at the wide receiver room, I don't know that anyone kind of won more than than Darnell Mooney. Um, I I also don't know if he needs someone to elevate his game. You know, if he gets that cornerback one attention, um, is he going to be is he going to fail long term? Again, very surprising with what the Bears are doing in free agency. They've brought in no weapons um, or, or none, none even worth mentioning here. Um, what, did they bring like Equinemia St. Brown or something? Or am I getting him on the wrong team? Like very, very, you know, fringe kind of people. Um, but Mooney's there. And I can see, I look around the room and I'm like, how is this guy not getting a 30% target share? Now, quality of targets, we can argue. But for this segment, I think he's a, he could be a little bit of a riser there. Uh, it might not be too expensive either to acquire. Agreed. All okay. right. Okay. So we're going to have a little bit of a recurring segment as we lead up to the draft here. We want to go through team by team and just looking at their depth chart and spending a quick one to two minutes on each team, not, not going deep at all, because you don't really need to. We're going to limit it to the positions uh, that we care about in fantasy, the QB, the RB, the wide receiver, and the tight end, and just talk about 
what we think uh, is the biggest area of need and kind of like place our chips on that position that that is the position that that specific team is going to go for early in the draft. So day one, day two to kind of replace that. So we're each going to grab a division, talk about those four teams in that division and, and just go through quickly. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see who gets the most right after this draft runs its course. So we'll take three divisions today and we'll finish the rest of the divisions by the time the draft comes at the end of April. We'll have covered them. And then after that, we'll, we'll, we'll check the, the answer sheet and see how we did. So I'll start with the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills. So clearly at QB and wide receiver, I think things are getting pretty crowded with, with Allen, Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder, um, they re-signed Isaiah McKenzie. I don't really think you need to go out and replace Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, and I, I like what's up and coming with, with Dawson Knox. They went out and signed O.J. Howard too, so I can't really see him spending there. I think where I expect them to spend, despite trying to get J.D. McKissick failing, and then going out and getting Duke Johnson as maybe profiling as the, the passing down back. I think a Zach Moss replacement is on the way. I think they like what they got in Devin Singletary. I don't think they think they have a full workload, um, a full bell cow workload with, with Singletary. And I expect them to go RB in the draft and get someone who uh, can maybe handle the goal line touches. Cause when I look at, Singletary and Johnson, I just don't see that guy if I need a tough yard or tough two. Um, and maybe I want to go a little bit easier moving forward on Josh Allen, not grinding it up the up into the defensive tackles. I want someone to to get those tough yards and those short touchdowns. I think they go RB. And you guys yeah. can disagree if you want there. No, I I think I think you're probably right there. Um yeah. and, and they don't I mean they don't need a speedster. They don't, you know, honestly you know, Kyron Williams is going to fall pretty far in this draft because of the way he tested. But he's, I mean, he was generally regarded as the best pass blocking running back in the draft. And if they're just looking for a short yardage guy, he may be a cheap guy to get. Yeah. I'll tell you, the Miami Dolphins, the easiest team right now to, to if you had to pick one of those fantasy positions, who they're drafting day one or day two, and that's running back. You know, they've invested in Tua. That's not happening this year. The wide receiver room is as crowded as they come. And obviously, tight end, uh, they drafted last year, and they tagged Gasicki. They brought back Smythe, all that sort of stuff. They're going RB. For sure, they're going RB. I think Gaskin, Ahmed, those guys, gone. Mostert, we'll see if he makes the team. Depends on the health of the knee. But if he does, him and Edmonds are, are, are lightning. But there's no thunder there. They're, they're going to go a big back down there. Um I don't know who, but it's going to be someone with some some beef, some some really good BMI, and uh, it's going to be someone that's that's going to bring a little bit more thunder to to the speed that's on that field at all times. Hmm. Do they have right. Do they have a second round pick? No, they're so they, their pick right now is round three after that Hill trade. Yeah, and I I think there's going to be some guys down there at three that that kind of profile like that where it's like you know the guys with a lot of juice in their legs have gone but you got some guys who are young bruisers and and kind of profile that way so brian robinson for example kind of comes to mind right yep yep no i I see that 
On the New England Patriots, there's a lot of holes here. Um, they got plenty of RBs. They're not going anything with Mac Jones. They they went heavy in, in free agency last year on tight end. You absolutely have to give Mac Jones some weapons in the wide receiver room. Their current depth chart right now, you got Jacoby Myers profiling as the one. Um, they tagged him, I think, with a second-round tender, so he's going to be back. And then last year in free agency, they went out and they bought Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. So talk about an area of need. I can't see them getting out of the first round without getting a wide receiver. I absolutely think they're going to go with someone. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be there. I'd love to see him trade up and and get a Drake London. You know, if, if we think that Burks might not go top 15, uh, all you really need to do is then trade into the mid to high teens to get someone like the, the Burks or London caliber. So I'd love to see that. I think they need to do something along those lines. Uh, there were plenty of games where the Patriots just weren't competitive because they couldn't put enough points on the board to, to, to follow. Not that the defense was the problem. It was just, we can't move down the field. We're punting because the, the wide receivers just aren't coming through. Yeah. Does, I, uh, d- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I would, I would like to see Calvin Austin or David Bell land in on New England. I think they'd be really good fits there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I like the Bell call for sure. You have any, right. uh, any nerves about Nikhil Harry 2.0? Uh, <laughs> well, just don't draft an Arizona State wide receiver. <laughs> okay, so last uh, in the division, the New York Jets, we know they're not going to go QB. I think they, they went pretty hard in the paint and tight end with Uzama and Conklin. Um, so they do have two areas of need. I think the lesser of the two, just because it's more replaceable, is is the running back. I really think they need to go wide receiver as well. And I'll tell you why. The names are not bad. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, right? But none of those names are like striking fear, right? And I think if you really want to elevate Zach Wilson – they need to they need to get more out of this wide receiver room. I think the easy call would be it's going to be someone who can platoon with Michael Carter. I say the harder decision and the right decision for the New York Jets is to invest in a wide receiver and make sure it's the best one on the board or trade down, pick up additional assets and, and get someone else. I'd like to see them get a day one or at the latest a very high day two wide receiver pick. If they did – that would interest me at the same level that Elijah Moore, wide receiver, um, wide receiver one for them in a round two pick last year, uh, interests me mm. in fantasy and dynasty. So that's the AFC East, Bills running back, Miami running back, New England and New York Jets, wide receiver. Let's see how we do in real life. I'll hand it off to Brian. Why don't you walk us through uh, the division that you took? Yep. So uh, we're going to talk about the NFC East here. Um, so Dallas, New York Giants, Philly, Washington. Start with Dallas. Uh, set a QB uh, for the foreseeable future. Set it running back because of that uh, ugly, ugly Z contract. Um, I think they're set at tight end. They uh, they signed Dalton Schultz to the one-year $10 million deal. Um, I I sort of alluded to this earlier. I think they're drafting a wide receiver. Um, and I think if Traylon Burks is sitting there, 
uh, when when Dallas is picking it at 26, I think, or, or something like that. I think Jerry Jones is going to get Arkansas love in his heart, and I think he's going to go and draft the Razorback uh, in Traylon Burks. Um, and I, I think they made a good signing in James Washington. I think he'll be – uh, you know, a, a solid depth piece if Gallup can't start the season. But I think, you know, Jones is not going to be able to contain himself if Burks isn't there, if, if Burks is there. Uh, another sneaky pick, I could potentially see them grabbing a guy like Alave. Um, you know, Jerry Jones always loves his speed guys, and, and Alave definitely showed out. So I, I think they're going to grab a wide receiver in the first round. If not, you know, maybe a second round guy, um, but but they'll definitely pull somebody in to uh, to to be the third guy there. It's not going to be James Washington, I don't think. Okay, I can see that. I can see Jerry definitely getting blinded by a big name, especially if oh, one yeah. falls down the board and they're like, "Oh, we we can actually get him. We never thought we could get him." Oh boy, no, absolutely right. Um, so that's Dallas. Uh, move on to uh to mine and, and turtles team the giants so I, i'm gonna i'm going to say that they're not going to grab a quarterback in this draft class uh i i think they're giving daniel jones one more year and if jones really is just absolutely horrendous this year they'll, they'll turn it over to tyrod but i think daniel jones gets another year uh couldn't trade saquon yet so i don't think they're drafting a, a running back uh, they actually have a fairly decent wide receiver room. Uh, Galladay uh, didn't really show out last year, but I don't think that he's completely spent. Um, you know, Matt, I, I know you love your boy there and Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, so you know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe we'll see him. You know, not sitting on the bench every other play, injured this year. Uh, Sterling Shepard's back. So I think that wide receiver room is fairly set. The piece that I really did not understand is what the heck they're doing at tight end. Um, You know, there are no free agent tight ends left out there. Uh, I mean, Rob Gronkowski, but, you know, I mean, he's going back to Tampa Bay. Come on. Uh, Jared Cook, uh, dude's like 90. Pretty sure he's using a walker at this point. I got to think that they're drafting a tight end. Um, oh, you didn't like the I, Ricky Fields-Jones signing? I think they're drafting a tight end. Um, Trey McBride sticks out. Uh, Isaiah likely sticks out. Greg Dulcich Duel- 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 sticks out. Um, I, I think you, one of those. I'll, I'll tell you who's been falling down the boards is, is that Jalen Wertemeyer guy out of a Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw that today. He 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 uh, he did not test well at at his pro day. So they said he's going to go undrafted, huh? They yeah, said his right. high jump was actually a full foot shorter than what was measured. Jeez, yeah. a foot. Yeah, that's wild. So yeah, he's he's donezo. So I, I think said on our yeah. rookie mark draft about him being great. Take it all back. Yeah, I I think they'll draft a tight end. Um, mm-hmm. Ricky Seals Jones ain't the guy. So, but, uh, but I think otherwise, you know, they'll give Daniel Jones one more year and, and see what's next. Um, moving okay. on to Philly. So Philly, I think is, uh, you know, set at quarterback. I think, you know, they'll give Hertz another year. I think they're set at tight end with Dallas Goddard. 
I could see them, uh, you know, drafting a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miles Sanders has shown to be a, a mildly effective running back. Um, I, I do think uh, – did they bring Boston Scott back? I think they did, right? They did, yes. Yep. And they got Gainwell still. They got Gainwell, who's they used some decent draft capital on. Yeah. I mean, they got Gainwell, well, Scott, yeah. and, uh, and Sanders, yeah. I could see them bringing in uh, a a power back type player. Um, you know, the, the two names that sort of stuck out to me, maybe Kenneth Walker or Tyler Algier uh, as a third, third day type guy. Kenneth Walker, um, you know, would have to be probably a, a, sec, a second round pick to get him, I would guess. Maybe, maybe third round pick. Um, you know, unless, you know, the, the one name that's still out there that, I could see Philly potentially making a move on would be like a Melvin Gordon. Um, but, but they would really have to think that they could compete and win that division this year uh, and, and overtake Dallas. Um, so I, I, I think you could potentially see, you know, the, the name like Melvin Gordon go there, but I, I would more likely see them grabbing, uh, you know, like a day two running back, uh, to to complement that that running back room, yeah. Um, and then I, I think the other clear need is wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, b- behind uh, behind Devonta Smith, it's really empty there. Um, <laughs> Everybody else, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they did just bring in Zach Pascal. Okay, I think he might be a, a reasonable wide receiver three. The name that that stuck out to me for Philly, right? So you remember they have three first round draft picks this year. Mm. I could see them going in the, the vein of Drake London. Mm. Um, he, he seems to be a natural fit to that offense, big body possession yeah, totally. style wide receiver. Totally different body um, type than what they got. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, Drake London was the name that really stuck out to me there. So, but yeah, running back wide receiver for Philly, uh, Washington, um, you know, I, I think they're pretty okay across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them potentially going for a wide receiver, probably not a first-day guy. Um, they just brought in Wentz. I think they're going to want another quarterback here shortly, maybe a Desmond Ritter or Carson Strong, but – I, I don't really see them making a big, uh, a big splash in the offensive talent pool this year. I think they're going to ride with what they have, um, and 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 see you know what Terry McLaurin can deliver this year with probably the best quarterback of his career. Uh, you've got Gibson. You brought back uh, McKissick, Logan Thomas at tight end. I mean, I I think that offense is is pretty much what it's going to be for 2022. Probably moves will be made in 2023 if they if they're not successful. The most sense seems like to be like you said, a wide receiver, maybe a slot guy, someone that that you know I don't know is a more explosive Adam Humphreys because he just wasn't cutting it, or a less injured Curtis Samuel. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for that guy. All right, no, very good. I like it. Let's see. Uh, let's see how we do in a, in a, wow, about a month or so. Um, Turtle, what do you got for us? 
Yeah, I um I chose the NFC North. Okay. So we're talking the um, Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, and then of course the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'll start with the Bears, and we already said it earlier in the show that we really think that the Bears need a second option at wide receiver. Um, Darnell Mooney can't take all of the target share. I know that they brought in Byron Pringle, um, but they also let Allen Robinson walk. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to replace that big body of Allen Robinson with a similar body type. Um, they don't have a first-round pick, but they do have two top 50 picks in the draft. So if I was them, I would be targeting a guy like George Pickens, who's 6'3", 200 pounds. You know, he, he's, he's a burner, but he also can, can run the short slant routes and get out in space. Um, or it just, it, it's, it's hard to say because it just, it just depends on how many defensive players get drafted and how many offensive linemen get, get drafted before these, um, these skill position players. But if that, if I was the bears, that's who I would be targeting. I'd be targeting a guy like George Pickens, Christian Watson, one of these bigger body receivers, even the guy, David Bell as well. Um, to really fill that, fill that need. Cause Mooney can't do it as himself. Um, for the Detroit lions, I am hoping and I am praying that they take Malik Willis. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think that he would be such a great fit there. They already have such a good offensive um, – they have good offensive weapons. They have DeAndre Swift. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have DJ Chark that they just brought in, and they have TJ Hawkinson. So really, all they need to do is fill that role with Malik Willis because we all know that Jared Goff is not the answer to the Lions' questions. And they have such a good coaching staff that – I think they could really make a splash if they get that uber athletic quarterback, dual threat quarterback. Yeah, the missing um, piece is definitely, definitely the quarterback. We'll what'd see you say? I said I agree. The missing piece is definitely, definitely the quarterback. I don't know if they'll take him, but I, I could hope. You know, especially with me having the one hundred two in the uh, in the in the rookie draft, I would really hope that that's where 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 the Lions end up choosing from. Because yeah. I think they have the wide receiver talent right now. I really do. Like they're not they're not that bad at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean I, I gotta agree. Whatever rookie QB goes to Detroit becomes instantly attractive to me in Dynasty. Yeah, me too. Instantly. So that's who I have for uh Detroit. Um for Green Bay, obviously we know what just happened. Devontae's gone. Um I doubt we're gonna get um prime Randall Cobb, so they one hundred percent need to invest in a few wide receivers. Uh, who knows who else they're going to be bringing back. They're not going to probably bring back um, NBS because um, you said he just met with the Chiefs today, right? Yeah, he was down there. Yeah, so so they're very bare at wide receivers. So, I mean, they – you would think that would be their main priority is to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons to throw the ball to. Um, yeah, I can see that. I don't know who they would target. I, I was just trying to find out exactly what picks they have. Does anyone know what picks those guys have? Uh, I'll find uh, out. I just am curious because I want I want to see if they have any good, if they can get any of the top top, top dogs. Was it twenty one or twenty two or am I? Is that what they have? Twenty one or twenty? Oh yeah, they have twenty two overall. Twenty two. Like. Yeah. 
I mean, so the, I mean, when we talk about all the offensive linemen and defensive players getting drafted in this draft, which you know we know are going to be a lot, it could be as many as if you're drafting twenty one. You know, it could be twelve to fifteen players have been in a non skill position side of the ball. So you might still have a, a, the pick of the litter in the high twenties. I mean, the high teens in the high twenties. I think a lot of good players are going to be. Um, yeah, I agree. But what and, and we I was Green, Green Bay actually, it looks like they have the, do they have the 11th pick overall? No, uh, they've got 20, 22, 22 and 53. I see 22 and 53. So they they've get, got, they've got, they, yeah, they've got yeah, 28 they as get, well. Yeah. They can make a splash with, with, uh, with a wide receiver early. And I think that that's what they need to do in order to really keep Rogers happy. I mean, oh, yeah. losing Devante is extremely difficult on the franchise and, uh, they are pretty set at running back. You know, they already have uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, so I can't see them drafting one of those guys. I, I'm sure they'll re-sign Robert Tanyan. Um, yep, he got re-signed already. So he's already re-signed, so we're good to go there. So I think wide receiver is the only thing that makes sense. Did somebody say Brandon Cooks? <laughs> you want him somewhere so bad. And then Anywhere. this one's actually the last. The last one in the division is actually pretty difficult. The Minnesota Vikings, because I think they're pretty solid everywhere on offense. Besides for maybe taking a shot on a quarterback, I don't think they're going to draft a wide receiver. I don't think they would draft a running back. Maybe they'll go after a tight end, like one of these guys we spoke about before. But I don't see them drafting a wide receiver in this year's draft, just because they have Justin Jefferson, they have Thielen, who's obviously on his last legs. And then they have K.J. Osborne, who is young enough to develop into that wide receiver, too, on that team. So I think that leaves um, a dart throw at the quarterback position because Kirk Cousins is not going to be there forever. Yeah. Ir- Irv Smith Jr. stand. Yeah, Irv's there. Yeah, Irv's there. So tight end, I mean, they're they're good on tight end. I mean, they just uh, – who's a defensive uh, – they just grabbed uh, – what, what's his name from um... – uh, bad radio. <laughs> uh, Who? who's, who's the guy that signed with uh, Baltimore and then pulled a pulled a JD McKissick and went and signed with the Vikings? Oh, is it is Zadarius Smith? Zadarius Smith. Yeah, they just grabbed him from the Packers. So, yeah, so a little interdivision. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings are a very well-rounded team, and with the Packers potentially taking a step back with their off-season turbulence, that's a, that's a division that's that's got some openings um, at the top. It does. I, mean, to, I, I won't really contend with the with the the Bears and the Detroit, but I, many could make a push here in the the coach's first season. So, all right, really good, really good uh, recap, guys. There will. Um, we'll move on to our last and final segment. It's going to be Turtles Top 3 Part 2. This is our Top 3 Dynasty Fallers as a result of free agency, trades, etc. Turtle, why don't you walk us through who you think are the three biggest Dynasty players who have lost the most value as a result of this crazy offseason so far? Well, I might as well just start with a whole backfield because that's who I really think has has lost the most value um, mm-hmm. in this in this fantasy offseason. And it's the New England Patriots running back core. They mm-hmm. actually just brought back James White, who was injured last year. So Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both are going to be suffering with having James White on the field on third downs. 
I don't think either of those players are very much usable um, or reliable at this point. I mean, obviously one of them will get the uh, bulk of the carries, but it's so hard to say which one will. And James White is such a utilized weapon on third and short and goal line situations. So I really think that puts a huge damper on both of those additional New England Patriot running backs. So you think we're just back in the whole, you can't trust the Belichick backfield? I just think that I, I think that they would have been a lot more trustworthy if they didn't re-sign James White. I really do. Because like, last year you were able to at least plug and play them guys as, as flex options. I mean, Damian Harris was going off for running back one numbers at, at one point in the season. But then Ramadre really started picking up the slack, and he was a usable and viable option um, if, you, if you needed any sort of uh, plug and play for the wide, uh, running back position. Yeah, and you know what? I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying because honestly, a very you want to hear a very strange offseason move is you sign James White and then you go out and you sign Ty Montgomery, who's yeah. the exact same mold. So, yeah, this is the Patriots, right? You don't know what's in Belichick's mind. Like the hoodie has, he he marches to the beat of his own drum, and they don't they don't even have an offensive coordinator uh, on staff right now. So he's just going out getting every scat back. Yeah. yeah, I think that I agree. That's that's a good call. That's a good yeah. call. Yeah, you're clear. And I think that if you do have those guys, I think you just really need to sell them off. I mean, I think you just try to get whatever you can for them. I mean, don't give them away for free. But I think that those are two two guys that are very much worth um, looking into to see if you can get some good pieces back for. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second one is pretty. The second one is pretty obvious. It's um, the odd man out in Miami, which is Miles Gaskin. I know earlier in the show we said that he probably won't even have a job, so that's that's pretty evident with the uh, additions of Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. I mean, that's a big fall. I mean, he was. I mean, startups. He was. Yeah, he was getting the. He was getting a lot of targets and a lot of carries. He wasn't doing much with them, but he was getting the opportunities. And then towards the end of the season, he was actually starting to make a little bit of noise there. Um, but he was getting like 20 carries a game for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's that's a huge drop off from him. I don't even know if anyone would really be targeting him because we don't know where he's going to end up. He might just stay on Miami as a depth piece. And if one of these other guys like Raheem Mostert, who is notorious for getting injured early on in the season, gets hurt, then maybe Miles Gaskin's value goes up just a little bit. But it's hard to say. You don't want to be the guy in your league, in your dynasty league, who's holding the Miles Gaskin bag. I can tell you as someone who held it for a while, it, it never felt good. And you just yeah. feel really good when you pass that bag. Yeah. No, it's crazy. All right, I mean, that's that's a strong top two. Give us give it you know, knock us out with your, your third and final dynasty faller. I mean, it's very tough right now because this next player is such an an elite um player. Okay. But it's DK Metcalf. Oh. I mean, as it stands right now, his quarterback is Drew Locke. His quarterback eventually could be Baker Mayfield, but how much better is that? I mean, you're talking a huge drop-off from Russell. Huge. So, I mean, DK Metcalf was what, – what was his ADP? He was, he was, in, he was probably top 12. In I'm tell, I'll tell you, not this past season, seasons prior. And, and, BD, this is funny. We were talking about this this morning, and I didn't know Charlie we were going to bring this name up. 
Tyler Lockett was the 101 in Dynasty Startups. Not this past season, the season before. Seriously? He was the 101. You can check historical ADP. And he's not gone the way of Juju. If you go back even further after Juju Smith-Schuster's breakout season, he was the 101 in, in Startups, and that's where our conversation centered. And you're then we you're talking on, DK, on, right? Not, not yeah. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking DK. Um, so DK was the, the 101 in, in, in recent drafts. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, he's going to have such a tremendous drop off. I, I hope for his own sake, for his own sanity, that they do get a uh, com- a competent uh, quarterback. But as more time passes on, it's looking like more and more every day that Drew Locke is going to be the guy. <laughs> I mean, it's Drew, it's Baker, or it's uh, Garoppolo when that shoulder heals up, and that that's pretty much it. Yeah, or they could take a shot on one of these. Uh, quarterbacks late round quarterbacks but uh, who knows I don't think this this quarterback class is too strong Uh, so let's take your earlier point about the Detroit Lions when you were talking about the weaknesses for that team if Malik Willis happens to go to Seattle instead of to say Detroit how do you like that with those weapons he's got Lockett and he's got um, uh, Metcalf I, I mean I love it I think wherever Malik lands um Everybody on that team is going to get an instant boost. I mean, I know that Malik is not as polished as some of these other quarterbacks coming out of college. He played at a very small school. Um, But he has all of the talents, all of the athletic ability in the world. So if he gets some good coaching behind him and some good veteran um, presence, I really think that he can make a huge splash for any team that he's a part of. Mm -hmm. I want him to be on the Lions because, selfishly, I, I just think that he'd be a really good fit there. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks a lot, Turtle Top 3. Brian, did you have any ones you wanted to sneak in, Dynasty followers? Uh, Baker Mayfield. See you later, <laughs> bud. All right. See ya. I, I, mean, I think Aaron Rodgers, ta- we, we, we talked about the greats when we were talking about Mahomes earlier before. The greats find a way. Supporting cast, however, they do matter. That's a point we wanted to emphasize. You know, uh, Mahomes still has Kelsey and Schmitz Schuster, and maybe they make CEH actually catch passes moving forward. Like, the greats find a way. You know, Rodgers had that one game, if you remember. I think it was a Monday night game. Everyone was out with COVID. Adams, Scantling, Lazard, I think, was hurt. All he had was Cobb. Threw him two touchdowns. They found a way to win, but that was, that was one game. Uh, and, and the stat lines didn't look all that great for fantasy. Hey, looking around the wide receiver room right now, all you got is that same game this you know this past season on Monday night. Cobb's the only one who's looking around. They need to do a lot there. I'd say right now, Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest dynasty losers because um, it's good. The greats find a way. He ain't as young as Mahomes or as mobile, so I I really don't know um, how he's going to be great with, unless they get him some weapons. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Fully. Agreed. All right, guys, really good segments today, really fun. We had to pull it up one day early because, Turtle, you're going for your honeymoon. Have a great time. Uh, We'll be with you guys again next week when Turtle returns. Uh, We'll continue our team-by-team division of of the needs as we approach the draft, the biggest needs for the team. We'll talk some of the the latest free agency news as it's happening, and we'll have a, a, a couple other fun segments planned for you next time. Thanks for hanging with us tonight and the callers that came on and and were speaking with us too. Appreciate that. Hope you guys tune in again in the future. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. See you.